0: hello Hello <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia Asia
1: Welcome to She Talks Peace, a podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to communities. eavesdrop on their communities and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States. Their dreams and hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy. This is She Talks Peace. Hello, everyone. Salam.
0: Welcome to another episode of She Talks Peace. I'm Amina Rasul of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, joining you from Manila. And here's my co host.
1: Hi, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. My name is Ayesa Abubakar, and I'm a lecturer here at University Malaysia Sabah, based in Kota Kinabalu Sabah, Malaysia. So I'm so excited for our uh, episode today, Amina. Yeah, so am I, Ayesa. By the way, I like
0: your shirt. It's got this beautiful floral pattern, similar to mine. Hey, you know what? This um, shirt, I got this. It's Indonesian. It's Indonesian, Bate. Well, this is Palestinian. I have um, this network, this (laughs) Women's Alliance for Security Leadership, and every time we meet, my friend who has been on She Talks Peace, Lucy, uh, she always brings things that are made by the women in Palestine mm-hmm. and they have this beautiful yeah, yeah. embroidery. So I always, uh-huh. always wait for sure that I get uh, something from Lucy. And I'm really, really hoping that uh, Lucy is, is safe because the news coming from that part of the world is uh, not that great. and the you know, yes, I always worry every yeah, time I yeah. hear the news of what's happening in Ukraine, in Palestine, yeah. Yeah. in Afghanistan. Oh my God. And I worry about what's happening with the kids. Yes, do you remember the, our previous episode with Ging uh, Dallas, our former peace yes. advisor Philippines? Yes. And Ging was talking so much about how do you make a world safe and peaceful? for her grandson, right? Her mm-hmm. grandson thinks so that he can, he can have a full life, he
1: can dream, he can be a child. And I keep worrying yeah. I guess about that. And experiment. for the younger generation to embrace being a global citizen, not just yeah. be contained in the states where we belong or citizenship where we belong to, but really you know, embrace the whole of humanity wherever they are. We should be looking at each other in the same way. Yeah. Rich but, and poor. Yes, I remember
0: <laughs> that you were involved with a program that was doing humanitarian work with the um And you, we were, are not working, illegal you were working with the children. They, uh, they're undocumented, but uh, mm-hmm. so they're not registered. They can't go to school. They're not uh, accessible to the health system. What's happening
1: with those kids in... Uh, it's in, it's part um, of my research work. It's part yeah. of my research work as, uh, as a researcher and an academic here at the university. So for the past three years, uh, we've been doing research on undocumented persons in Saba. We have right. completed that research and hopefully it will be published somehow. And then another ongoing research uh, that we have yet to complete, but we've finished already the... The fieldwork is uh, about the children in street situations. Okay, in in a more popular way, they are called street children in the Philippines. But now, you know, to be politically correct, the United Nations actually uh, use this term: street, uh, children in street situations. So, one of the findings that we um, we get actually from this research on children in street situations. And this is not something new. In fact, many scholars from other places like America have also done this, is that uh, it's really about the mindset thing, you know, of who are, uh, from the point of view of the researchers and from the point of view of state, the government. We look at them as that these children that we found in the streets, they are hopeless. You know, they have no future. We have to understand that children Who are found in the streets, they are not necessarily not doing anything. In fact, here in Kotakinabalu, there's children that you can find in the streets. Yes, a few of them would be beggars, but a very small number. Many of them are actually selling, you know, different things, whether they are selling plastic bags, they're selling food, you know, the street is where they form their life. Okay, so our finding is that. You know, many of these children are in the streets because that is where they do their social economic activities. The not so good news about it is that, of course, they do not have that access to education. But as far as you know, the other issues are concerned, like uh, abuse among these children. I, we have not really come across uh, to that kind of situation among the children that we have interviewed. So uh, fortunately for uh, a small number of these children, yes, uh, the government uh, organization that we are working with, the Department of Social Welfare, they are very interested on how to help these children, mainly through education. So we'll see what will happen through this uh uh this research because we are also closely working with the government. Well that's uh I guess that's that's good to hear that you don't
0: have uh, rampant cases of child abuse at least in in Saba um uh, So far uh, I have level. not really
1: come across to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so violence against children, trafficking of children, cyber mm-hmm bullying, et cetera, that good, that's good news. Unlike, of course, in, in the Philippines, as uh, you are well aware, that a law was even passed no, in 1992. And this was uh, Republic Act 7610 providing for stronger deterrence and special protection against child abuse exploitation discrimination and uh, it covers all manners of abuse whether it's sexual or trafficking or bullying it's mm-hmm. uh, it's covered there but the thing is in spite of laws people mm-hmm. always find a way to yes. market What's children that? or use mm-hmm. children and really yesa as a mother the abuse of children is unimaginable to me and yet, yeah. it happens. It takes various forms, whether it's uh, cultural or if the parents are poor, economic reasons. I I really don't know. Uh, when it comes to the protection of our children, who is always right, that we always talk about them about the, as the hope for the future, loss and safety nets are weak or non-existent. That's why I'm so... I'm so glad that, for instance, in the Philippines, we have strong uh, NGOs and um, advocates who are really picking up the cudgels for protection of our of our children. And, and I'm so glad that we have, um, as our guest today, somebody who can tell us a lot about how do we protect our children. Maybe you want to introduce her, Ayesa, one doctor to another. Yeah,
1: we we are really privileged uh, for this, uh, consecutive episodes because we have been able to invite, you know, award winners uh, from the Ramon Magsaysay Award. So our guest today, her name is uh, Dr. Bernadette Madrid. She is also one of the awardees of the 2022 Ramon Magsaysay Awards for her work uh, in leadership in uh, establishing this federal effort that uh, addresses, uh, that promotes child protection, and that can be a model throughout Asia. So through Dr. Bernadette's work, uh, she has been uh, very active, uh, not only in the civil society organization, but she has also well-established a very concrete program at the Philippine General Hospital, where she is the head of the Philippine General Hospital Child Protection Unit. She's very specialized in protecting children who may possibly be victims of child abuse. So she has been in that post since 1997. So, GH, it seems that you know a lot of recognition uh, has been given to the work of Dr. Bernadette because now everybody's saying that this is perhaps one of the best medical systems Know, for uh, protection of abused children in Southeast Asia. So, without uh, waiting any further, I'm sure Dr. Bernie will share with us a lot of stories about her experiences working with children and parents. You know, in this uh, dimension of protection, uh, uh, child protection in the Philippines. Welcome to She Talks Peace. Thank
0: you for that very generous introduction, Dr. Alyssa. And hello. Amina. Uh, Hi, uh, oh, Dr. Bernie. Yes, I'm very happy to participate in, in your podcast, She Talks Peace. I, I think that we need peace around the world. I was listening very intently to your conversation with Ayesa. And the uh, history of the Philippine General Hospital Child Protection Unit is very much connected with children in streets situation. Uh, oh really? Yes, uh, because our main funder actually is uh, City Bridge Foundation, uh, uh-huh. which is uh, chaired by David Bradley. Uh, he is. Uh, uh, he came to love the Philippines in the 1970s, and he promised himself that he will do something for the children of the Philippines. Uh, he owned a research company in the early 90s. And uh, one of the uh, he was helping NGOs for dealing with children in street situations. So because he had the research company, they did a the research on why are these children in the streets. Uh-huh. And one of the and one of the major findings of of this research is that they are in the street. Because they are being abused at home. That was ah, the reason why great. they are in the street. And there are, at that time, in the early 90s, there were so few services for children who have been abused. That is why he worked with the Philippine General Hospital to establish the Child Protection Unit for abused children and their families. So we have grown since then. And one of our findings also uh, is that in areas where there are no reports yeah. of abuse, That's- it's not because there's no abuse. It's just that there are no services for them. So the uh-huh. children do not come out and disclose because okay. they are afraid. So we WHO even has this uh Prevention readiness staging of different communities, uh, starting with stage zero, where Mm -hmm. it seems as if there's no abuse, but actually there is. There is. Uh, Hidden. It's really uh, hidden. hidden. Yes, it's hidden. And then it goes up the stages as more awareness happens in the community and as they're more prepared uh, to uh, establish prevention programs. In your website, you you stated that your goal is to have at least one child protection unit or women and uh, child, children protection unit in every province in the Philippines. And you say you're very near that goal. How near, Dr. Bernie? Because you made mention that you're kind of lacking in Mindanao. Is that right? Actually, uh, Mindanao and Luzon are... Luzon is even more lacking than Mindanao. There are right now 120 120- women and children protection units in 61 provinces and 10 independent cities. And uh, there are more uh, provinces in Luzon uh, without a women and children protection unit than in Mindanao, although it's almost uh, neck and neck. Visayas, it's only Biliran. It's only the only Biliran? Yeah, only Biliran. Uh, that does not have uh, women and uh, children protection unit. Um, name, so, how, come, yeah. how come the government isn't uh, doing much more to uh, protect the children? I mean, are you relying on partnership with uh, the health uh, system, for instance, to put up this units to, to take care of children who are abused? Yeah. Or are you left yeah. on your own, basically? Uh, in the, uh, When we started, we did partner with the Department of Health. But but as you know, uh, health has devolved in the Philippines. There are more hospitals that are uh, supported by the local government unit than the, by the Department of Health. So as time went on, uh, we had to work with the local government units. So it's uh, province by province. You know? So... Even though the Department of Health has an order stating that all government hospitals should have a women and children protection unit, the provinces still need support for them to be able to establish it. And uh, that's what we're doing. So there now, we have a new province, which is, you know, that Maguindanao is now northern and southern Maguindanao. So we have... 82 provinces now instead of just one. So we are still lacking uh, now 21, 21 provinces without women and children protection. But really, Bernie, it seems like a, a drop in the bucket, right? Because today... The kind of abuse that we're seeing is now in uh, in the cyberspace. Oh yes. So oh yes. Um, how how do, how how do we manage with the resources that that we have? How do you really go about protecting the children, or is the best thing that we can do really to take care of the trauma, the traumatized children? The best thing is still primary prevention, uh, to stop abuse from happening in the first place. And uh, good news for us is that. There are really now evidence-based programs that show that it can prevent abuse from happening in the first place. And there's even an acronym for it. It's called INSPIRE. It's an acronym. Uh, It's letters standing for uh, the program that it represents. Um, If people would just Google INSPIRE, World Health Organization, although many organizations uh, really collaborated to come up with that uh, manual. uh, There are examples there of programs like, for example, parenting. You know, we really need uh, good parenting programs. I mean, sure, there are parenting programs already existing, but not all parenting programs are effective. So there are certain elements that have to be present. That's why we need evidence-based programs uh, to say that this parenting program would probably work. And in the Philippines, we do have that. We have the Masayang a Filipino okay. Family Program with evidence, no? with a randomized controlled study showing that can prevent physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect. In poor families, no. So this was done with uh, four piece uh, families. So, so there are programs that we all we need to do is to adapt and implement them for us to prevent abuse from happening. Scale them up, no, not limit them to pilot here and there. in spite of everything that we're doing, why does child abuse persist and seems to be growing? And, because a, sure. and what can be done to, to really put a halt to the, to the spread? It just means we're not doing enough. Ah. Okay? We're not doing enough because I, I was starting to say that you need to reach uh, enough children to make an impact. So, so if we just concentrate on a few children, a little program here, uh, you know, just a pilot, it's it's not going to make that big of an impact. Yeah. Sure, it might yeah. make a difference, of course, in the lives of those few children. Yes, yeah, it yeah. may, but uh, but it's not enough uh, for the whole country. What we need are really uh, enough uh, evidence programs at scale. You mm-hmm. know, at scale. To be able to really reach enough number so that uh, we will make that impact and i believe we can do that you know it is possible mm-hmm. uh, whereas before you know when we started it was like you know uh, you just have to deal with the consequences you know now we know that we, we don't have to wait for abuse to happen we can prevent and as i said one of that is parenting programs but it has to be the evidence-based parenting right. program, not not just any parenting program, uh, because if you're just doing a little lecture and then you call that uh-huh. a parenting program, uh-huh. that's not it. <laughs> that's not a parenting that's not, program. That's not it. Oh yeah, and and uh, we know, for example, we have a safe schools program uh, of uh-huh. really the curriculum of the children. You put in social social emotional learning. You're talking about peace. You start with the children you know not with the adults and and when okay. we talk about social emotional learning that includes in there how do you handle anger you know oh that's very important how, how do you cope with uh, emotions recognize
1: right. your emotions and cope with them how do you make but Dr. Decisions? Bernie Dr. Bernie what is the reaction of the parents especially during oh, the parenting yeah. program
0: Oh, they love it. They love the parenting program. Uh, Always part of the evaluation is the reaction of the parents. And we've done the study, uh, you know, a randomized controlled trial, including uh, parents' opinions, you know, what they felt about the program. And they're very happy with the program. It's 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 not a preachy program wherein you are lecturing to parents, you know. It's helping parents solve problems. It's the process. You know, what it is that they can do? And they, and, it's, and, and they discuss it with each other, you know? So, so, so the strategy on how this program is implemented is just as important as the content. Because parents don't want just to be told, you know, just like children don't want to be Authoritatively told to do something. Mm. Neither do parents. Yeah, don't let my children
1: no. hear you say that, <laughs> 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 Doctor, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Bernie. I'm sure you you have had experiences dealing with parents who have been involved in child abuse. Of
0: course. So, so yes.
1: what what drives them to commit such abuses on their children? Can well, can you explain yame, this to yame, us? What happens? Many of them have experienced abuse
0: themselves. Mm-hmm. You, you see, uh, it has already been shown by so many researchers that abuse has an intergenerational component. That if you don't put a stop to it, it goes on to the next generation. Uh, for the, for parents who physically abuse their children, many of them, even majority of them, have also been physically abused yeah. when they were children, that and, that, yes. and that's how they know how to discipline children. Oh, they have okay. to be given alternative ways of of doing it. For, for sexual abuse, of course, there's no excuse, okay? Yes. There's no excuse, but uh, you know that they, there, there are also many things going on in their lives. It doesn't excuse their behavior, but uh, we're still trying to understand why a father would sexually abuse his own daughter. It's not always because they themselves have been abused sexually. Yeah. but They could have been abused some other way, emotionally, you know, neglected also physically, and the result is that they sexually abuse the child. So the different forms of abuse uh, will have other consequences, not exactly the same form as they have uh, experienced. And it's uh, like uh, it's like it's exhibiting that you have the power over over the powerless, and it makes you feel more important i guess right and uh, and also how you look at the child that the child is your property yeah uh, that that you could do anything to them and that they owe it to you because you you gave birth to them and you are feeding them so so that they owe everything to you so so all of that are factors but bernie sometimes i i i think about um the influence of generational differences on on child abuse. Like when I was growing up, uh, being spanked by your parents was not abuse. Uh, it was discipline. In fact, in school, if you if you did something bad, especially if you studied in an all girls school run by nuns, you know, they make you uh in uh, the gravel, or they'll get a ruler and they'll uh, hit your
1: hand. You you experience that also, Ayesa, right? That kind of uh, physical discipline. Uh, during Today, my time, I just have to stand up in front of class, standing in the corner, but not being yeah. standing in the corner. The time,
0: it's completely different now. You can't ever do that. So because, you know, because uh, because the research. different tricks, right? Like uh, Bernie, I don't know if you ever did this with. Uh, <laughs> with with kids like um, you can't stop doing that I'll count to five one two and then when you get closer to five and they're still making a mess four and a half four and one thirds so it, the, the different types of uh, disciplining but the yeah, yeah yes but you see abuse has has changed, right? The, the concept of what is the it, 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 it changed? It changed, but the science has not changed. Ah, what okay. the science yeah. has shown is that what was done before had bad effects on the children. What was mm-hmm. not recognized was the bad effects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it, it's not that right. the, uh, the 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 thoughts now just change; it's just a thought or 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 a mm-hmm. behavior. But it's because the science itself has shown that it mm. was bad. Uh, people always say, well, look at me. You know, I, I experienced uh, you know, all of this what you now call physical abuse and and look at me, I'm now successful because of it. Ah, but we have not unpacked all of that. You know, what do you mean by look at me and I'm okay now? How do we know how okay Uh-oh. is okay? Yeah. So I can tell you, you should As- never have pack me with your chinelas. Oh, uh, dear listeners, that's that slipper for, yeah. for all of you who are not Filipino.
1: I mean, yeah, uh, our generation, if we are in Europe, we have been in prison a a long time ago. That's but, but, but usually, <laughs> usually uh, when we in the women
0: and children protection units, we, of course, ass- assess the whole thing. It's not mm-hmm. always about you put someone in prison. No. Yeah. You know, well, if you put the, all the the, the parents in prison, what will happen? That's not good either. You know, that's it's true. helping families be nurturing to their children on what is the best way to do that. You know, so I'm just saying of course, that if doctor they, they kill their yeah. child, that's
1: different. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that, Doctor Bernie, because a uh, year. There was actually an interesting case of uh, a Malaysian uh, mm-hmm. diplomat family. They were, you know, hitting their child uh, with hanger, you know, and they were somewhere. What? in forgot the country in Europe, and the, the, wow. the it was a big case in fact. So they went to prison, you know, the, the parents went to prison, and then they were tried yeah. in court. So, yeah, it, it did happen. So, uh, yeah, if you are in this country, uh, that's yeah, because that's too much. Like
0: recently, last night in the news, you know, mm. an an overseas Filipino mother crying because her son was killed by his, uh, by his uh, sister and uh, live-in partner of uh, or uh, paternal partner, or whatever. Of uh, of, uh, because they were the ones taking care of her children while she is abroad, and they oh. beat him to, and they beat him to death. Why did oh they beat goodness. him to death? Because he ate all the food. Wow. You know, he was hungry. He ate all the food. You see that that, that is the slippery slope, you know. Yeah. Uh you, you 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 right now it's just a little spunk here, a little spunk there, you get angry, it becomes more and then now yeah. it becomes more and more and then it's suddenly more you more. cannot Dwell yourself, and there you have an eight-year-old who's dead. You know. You know what, Doc Bernie? When you're talking about the the problem, for instance, when parents become overseas workers, I remember a conversation that uh, my mom, when she was in the Senate, uh, Senator Nina Rasul, she had a conversation with uh, the late President Corazon Aquino, and they were mm-hmm. talking about the problem with uh, the overseas workers. And my mother's point was. If we continue this process of sending our women, the mothers, abroad as migrant workers, you are going to have so much dysfunction within families. And we are going to pay for that later. But at the end of the day, both President Aquino and my mother said, but there is nothing that that we can do because we don't have much to offer them to stay And you certainly cannot stop them from leaving. That is their right to leave if if they want to. And now, I guess those were prophetic words because now we are reaping the dysfunction from having all of these parents who are abroad and they're relying on somebody else to parent the children. But that's just something, I guess, that not much can be done unless government steps in a little bit more and supports the protection of of children, providing uh, parenting uh, workshops, as you mentioned, through PAMANA. By the way, the four-piece program that's being run by um, the Department of Social Welfare and Development, is that uh, scaling up when it comes to the protection of, of children and the teaching of parenting lessons? Yeah, i i really believe in the four piece on what the four P's can do you know i think uh first let's go to the four piece then I'll go to the parent now for the four P's, uh, people mistakenly think that it is an anti-poverty program you know that it that uh, it's that, that its yeah. goal is that to make them you know the economically better that is right. not the goal the yeah. goal of the four Peace is that you. It's actually for the children, so that the, the children go to school. Uh, they they have access to healthcare. You know, they um uh, they they at least have something to eat. You know, so so the goal is about the the the, the child who should not mm-hmm. be so be so affected by that poverty. And, and so and so many evaluations by the World Bank on that uh, for four peace show mm-hmm. how. The good that it does. Yeah. Now we the parenting program, the Four Piece program in the Philippines has the family development seminars. Right. And and Masayang Familia program has worked with the Four Piece so that the Masayang Familia uh, evidence based parenting program is incorporated into the family development seminars. Well, that's was, yes. that's so that's excellent. Yes. So it has now uh, reached four million families. Uh, oh the, the wow, population. that is great. Yeah. And and yeah. Bernie, that's yes. poorest of the poor, right? Yeah. Yeah. The most vulnerable. Right. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I really believe in that uh for peace, no, and and instead of scaling it down, it should be scaled up because that's really helping these poor children while you do your anti poverty program. You know? mm-hmm. So this is not yeah. the anti poverty program this is helping the children while you're doing your anti poverty program so that they will be taken out of that form yeah, yeah. by the way uh, dear listeners uh, this is one of the uh, government programs that the philippines should rightfully be proud of because although we borrowed it from latin america right bernie mm-hmm. yeah we borrowed also, it from latin america also, yeah And uh, what it does is that government gives an allowance to every family through the mother, right, Bernie? Not through the father, but through the mother. And you get this monthly allowance only if your children are healthy and they stay in school. So Bernie is right. Dr. Bernie is right. It's not a poverty program. It's really a program geared towards making Children healthy and uh, you know educated, and I'm really hoping, uh, Bernie, that they can expand the family development seminar to incorporate more of these parenting skills that the families uh, sorely need.
1: yesa you were you're also familiar with the four piece program, right? Because it, yes, it yes, was that, working very yes. well in the I think by extension, it's not only on. On the children that it wants to uh, support, but also to the mothers, you know, I I I understand that through the four piece, they also do all these reproductive health assistance, you know, the, the mothers and the children. So by extension, you know, it's really the mother and the children that are being helped by the four piece. Doctor Bernie, I was I was meaning to uh, ask a little
0: bit more about the work that your network. Um, of women and child protection units um do. Uh, you now have this in you know in many provinces in Tucson and Mindanao and one in the Visayas. No, no, only one only one does not have oh, the only Biliran. Oh, do. Beliran does not have oh, that's okay. fantastic. That is yes. really fantastic. Lucky Visayas. So yeah. It's multi-dimensional, right? The, the services yes, that, it, yes that it's offer. multidisciplinary, yeah, uh, there are doctors. There are different levels, depending uh-huh. on on resources, because we know not all provinces have the same resource. So level one, you have a doctor and social worker working together. Level two, you add uh, to the doctor and social worker, a police officer and or a mental health service provider. And level three is uh, a training center, you know. So we don't need so many training centers, but we mm-hmm. definitely need at least level two. And the resource that is least, the least available, is mental health services. Uh, only, okay. only thirty percent of the WCPUs have a mental health provider because there are so few psychologists and psychiatrists in the field. very. You know, like there are only, I think, one thousand seven hundred psychiatrists uh, in the last statistics last week of the Department of Health. They say that the proper proportion is one mental health provider to ten thousand population. In the Good Philippines, <laughs> the Philippines is one is to one hundred thousand population. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that means we so, should be promoting uh, mental health professionals. I mean, the idea Mm -hmm. of our young people, you know, taking up mental health professionals. Yes, but at the same time
0: also, we should also learn uh, other non-mental health professionals on how to provide some form of mental, at least, you know, wellness programs uh, to help uh, prevent mental health problems. You know, uh, right now with covid uh, one of our surveys in one city showed that seventy to eighty percent of the the children have experienced mental distress in the past yeah. thirty days. So mental health problems is really so common now, and I'm yeah, sure it's I've not been. only in the Philippines. I am sure in all countries of the world they're experiencing the same. Yeah, I've been following the news, for instance, no, no. in the United States with all of this uh, mass murders happening, uh, shootings in, in clubs. And I cannot help but uh, wonder whether those years of being cooped up with no outlets have mm. uh, really pushed people over the edge to act on their uh, criminal fantasies, mm. right? To actually go out and, and kill five people who were doing nothing except enjoying a, a show, a show in a club. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: If we are to identify who will be the best champions in promoting child protection at the government units, who would be the best uh, champions for this kind of program? Uh,
0: of course, not. the local executive. To persuade, it should be the person who can persuade the local executive uh, to to be able to really push for this. No, in fact, when we do go to the local executives, no one really refuses. No, but when it comes to the implementation and you're talking about budgets, you need a doctor, you need a social worker, they need the budget. That's where the battle uh, begins. And of course, health seems to be the best uh place to advocate for this because it's located in hospitals so but ordinary citizens you know those in the community mothers if they they can advocate to their local chief executive and they are voters, you know, so they will be listened by the way um Going on the, the lighter side of things, uh, Doc Bernie, when you got the notice from the Ramon Magsaysay Foundation that uh, you had won the award, what was your reaction? Because I know they keep it so secret. You didn't even know you were being interviewed, yeah. right? So that they were researching on you. It's all top secret. So, what was your feeling, Doc Bernie, when you heard that you were an awardee? uh well I, I i was overwhelmed uh when, doc, uh, when pres, the when press the uh told me you know i i cried because uh, <laughs> uh it was uh, unbelievable it was so unexpected you know, and it was unbelievable I didn't even know that anyone noticed you know? so so uh of course i was happy um, but at the same time, uh, you ask yourself, um, there are other people certainly who also deserve it. Um, and, uh, a- and I just got, came to the conclusion that pr- pr- probably God wants me uh, to receive this award so that more people will know about the children who have been abused and for them to do something. So in that sense, uh I, I am just a spokesperson, you know. Being invited to your podcast, for example, <laughs> to talk about uh, what is needed and that uh, what uh, the children uh, the, what is the best way to have what kinds of programs, you know, these children need. Because uh, no matter what we do, when when I examine all our big other big problems in the country, like the economy you know, etc. The, the root cause still is that it's about yeah. people. And, and and you want, if you want good citizens, you know, who are productive, then they should have grown up and nurtured to become that. And he, and they should. If they become abused, then it becomes harder and you have to deal with the consequences of that abuse. You know, even if you look at Putin, <laughs> look at Putin and his childhood, his only only support was a dog I mean what kind of childhood was that he was obviously at the very least a neglected child with no one
1: loving him well he followed in his father's footsteps father after all was also KGB what is that saying Amina that it takes a village to raise a child so it's not just about the parents Yeah, it's a whole village Yeah. yeah
0: But I was just just saying that, uh, you know, Doc Bernie was saying that uh, it's unbelievable that you got the award. I beg to disagree. Mm -hmm. Unexpected for you, maybe. Unbelievable? I don't think so. Because, you know, yes, uh, um, (laughs) I was uh, was, uh, one of the trustees of the Ramon Magsaysay Awards Foundation. And the one thing that the board always looks for is greatness of spirit the spark that will trigger change, whether it's in one person, a community, the nation. And let me tell you, Doc Bernie, I have seen big names who've done really great acts, uh, passed over because what was lacking was really the spark that is innate in in that person, that when another person like me and Ayesa looking at you uh, will trigger uh, responses within us that you could help. So unexpected, yes, Doc Bernie. Unbelievable, no. Deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. deserved. Award. Congratulations! Congratulations. <laughs> it's in you, and we really congratulate you, uh, Doc Bernie. But before we end, perhaps you have a message to all of our listeners uh, there. The budding great spirits that are, that are out there and what can they do to champion your cause? You know, among all causes, protecting children is one cause where everybody has a role. You know, it's not just a one group. It's, it's not just the multidisciplinary team working in women and children protection units. Each and every individual has a role. All you have to do is to do that role well. Whether you are a teacher, you are a mother, you know, you, you are a worker in the community. Just do your work well with purpose and compassion. And that when it comes to children, listen, no, listen. And, and, and if they need help, be there for them. Believe what they have to tell you and you can do something, you know, so, so, so that any, as I said, any person, you don't even have to be great. You just have to be loving and compassionate and just have that heart, you know, to nurture a child and help a child. And we can make that difference in the world. Thank you so much, uh, Doc Bernie. But you know, it might sound simple, but sometimes very difficult to do. But uh, you know, I I think that's right. I agree. Right, <laughs> very difficult. I think our listeners will start thinking about the uh, about the the message that you have uh, shared with us. So thank you so much, Doc Bernie Madrid, Ramon Magsaysay Award. Um, our D for 2022. And, uh, dear listeners, if you have questions for Dr. Bernie Madrid or comments or ideas for future episodes, do send us an email at she talks peace podcast at gmail.com. Let me repeat that she talks peace podcast at gmail.com. Wow, yes, uh, this has been a, a really Fun and interesting and very valuable conversation that we've had with Doc Bernie. Definitely, I agree. Now I have reminds me to
1: be be a better mother.
0: (laughs) Reminds all of us. My children are now all grown, but should I ever have a grandchild, I'll know how to handle disciplinary action. After Doc Bernie has told us about the impact of you know even spanking. On, uh, on children. So thanks so much, Dr. Bernie. And dear listeners, thank you for joining us on this episode of She Talks Peace. This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying bye for now. And join
1: us again next time. Bye! From you. Kota Kinabalu, Saba, this is Ayasa. Thank you, Dr. Bernie, and congratulations again. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me
0: to your podcast. I enjoyed myself.
1: She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co.